We are back at it. Yes, we are back with another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. It's been a minute. In case you've forgotten, I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter, editor emeritus of Pistols Firing Blog Conglomerate. Kyle, good to be back with you, man. It's been a while. Conglomerate. I like that. Uh, I do have to confess, we taped yesterday uh, on Tuesday, and we lost uh, that recording. Um, I'm be- pouring out a 40 right now for our, our lost friend. It was I a great conversation. I didn't know Coop made 40s, but um, that's... <laughs> It's a tall boy. That's great. Uh, my voice sounded like I had sucked helium and we talked over each other. It was uh, completely my fault, so I apologize for that. I'm sure we said a lot of hilarious and great things that nobody will ever hear. But we're taping it again today, and uh, yeah, you've been uh, you've been little little R and R, a little rest and relaxation. It's that time of year, Kyle. You know, summertime is when us media TV people take our vacation because we can't take any during college football. And right. then obviously the, th- the Thunder typically play the playoffs from April April until you don't know when. So it's kind of takes out a chunk of fall and spring. So summer's where it's at. Uh, I went down to Austin, Texas, visit one of my best friends from high school. He lives down there. He's lived down there since college. So I, I go down there every year. It's like my home away from home, really. I love that city. And uh, I met up with our mutual friend, Nolan Cox. Yeah. We, uh, we hung out. It was good to see him and his, his girlfriend. So I uh, got to see those guys. And then I went to New York City the following weekend to visit my other best friend from Edmond, who's amazingly lived in New York for the last 10 years and has really become a native New Yorker. So that's been kind of a fun, a fun uh, evolution to see. He and his wife are, uh, are expecting. So I had to get up there before they had the baby. So it was good to... Uh, and I barely worked, and all I did was relax and, and have fun. So it was, it was a great time, and this is a time of year where you get to kind of relax a little. So it was fun. What was the best thing you ate on those two trips? Oh, not even close. My favorite restaurant in New York City is uh, – they. My, my friends lived in the very trendy part of Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Yeah. And there's a place called the Meatball Shop. Okay. And I eat there literally every time I go. They know, like they just carve out – Friday or Saturday night, we're going to meatball shop. Like it's just the known fact. It's uh, they have these meatballs, Kyle, that are like the size of your fist, but they're also you can get them made of like chicken, pork, beef. Like there's just all these different options, and my, I always get the mushroom gravy with it. Oh my god, <laughs> it's to it's to die for. It's it's pro- it's one of my favorite restaurants in the country. So how many? I, I love going there. How many CrossFit sessions do you have to do to make up for that? Oh, it's not too bad. It's it's a good quality good quality meal. Just a just carb <laughs> you're just carbon up for the for the workout to come. That's all. It was no big deal. But uh, CrossFit did, did hurt on Monday and Tuesday, I will say that. Yeah, I bet it did. Um, I saw I saw our old friend Connor Drake, who I mentioned on the podcast the last time we taped a fan of the show. He he did the rowing thing. We we did a lot of rowing and he doesn't row very often, so he was on Struggle Street a little bit, just like I was. So it was good to see someone struggling as much as I was. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, we've got a lot to talk about in not a lot of time, but um, kind of the main thing since we last talked is uh, baseball. the Oklahoma State baseball team went from having uh, one of the worst records in the last – or the worst record in the last 40 years to winning the Big 12 tournament after barely getting in to losing the first two games in regionals and having one of the worst records in the last 40 years. So it was kind of a weird uh, roller coaster ride for, for OSU at the end of the season. I guess my question for you is, do you feel like 
um, at 30 and 27, I think their final record was in, in Big 12 tournament champions. Was this season a success for, for Josh Holiday and company? I would say no, just because you mentioned it, the, the worst record in, in 40 years. I mean, how do you how do you deem that a success? Yeah. I, I will say, you know, it's it's amazing. OSU's only won one Big 12 tournament title previously. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy to think about. Now, that was, you know, Big 12's only since, you know, Gary Ward wasn't the coach when they were in the Big 12. So right, it's, right. It's not right. like this, you know, 50-year stretch or anything by any stretch of the imagination. So I, I would say not a success, but... They salvaged what was a bad year by winning the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. It can't be – I don't think it can be considered a success when you're playing the last game of the season, basically, to even get in the Big 12. I mean, eight, 18, eight of the nine teams make the Big 12 tournament. You, as Oklahoma State baseball, you should not be – um, you should not be one of those teams. I mean, even with injuries and, and whatever, you should just – it sh, you should be better than that. Um I do want to toast. Uh, are, are you ready to toast? I am. Okay, it's time for the Coop Ale Works Toast of the Week. Coop Ale Works, brewing great-tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the Bowl DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coop Ale Works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, my toast is for an Oklahoma State baseball player. We've not talked about the baseball team very much, uh, mostly because they haven't been very good. Um, but Garrett McCain had himself a season. He he was the uh, Big Twelve uh, most or Big Twelve tournament most outstanding player. He led the team. He led the Oklahoma State team in hits, runs, doubles, triples, total bases, slugging. Hit by pitches, on base percentage, stolen bases, and batting average. That is uh, <laughs> pretty it, good. It wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the twenty-seven Yankees in terms of offensive production, but uh, he was pretty solid. And uh, he's a junior. He'll have a chance to um, to come back next season and potentially be the Big Twelve Player of the Year, kind of a Jeffrey Carroll type situation. Um, so yeah, good good for him on on having uh, such a breakout year. I'll toast a I'll toast a Vader to uh to garrett mccain for his year that's a good one Sh- should we pour out another 40 for utrop whatever happened to utropolis the little toy dinosaur well they replaced him with like a uh oh they had like a catfish or something well they had a catfish then they had like a they had something else at the big 12 tournament that was just bizarre i can't remember what it was um people are yelling at the podcast right now because they know what it is and we don't yeah utrop r.i.p utrop i guess so they need to they need to break him out again he took him to omaha yeah no kidding you can't abandon utrop like that (laughs) all right my my toast is one for a guy who will get many many toasts this fall Mm. he's gonna he's gonna probably a weekly series he's changed the toast to uh the toast of the week to mason rudolph um i landed in dallas and my flight was canceled from dallas to oklahoma city just no reason at all. They said weather, even though we flew over Oklahoma to get to Dallas. There was no weather in sight. And I'm walking by this mile-long line of customer service, and there I see in the middle of it, looking very stoic, very at ease, QB1, Mason Rudolph, uh, probably returning from his, his lake trip in South Carolina and probably wasn't too happy like me that his flight was canceled. But I, I saw the look of a professional. I saw the look of QB1. He had the Stone Cold Stare, so I was impressed, and uh, I want to pour out a, or not pour out, I'm pouring out all the beer today, I want to toast <laughs> uh, Mason Rudolph with a briefcase brown, he was all business, uh, was not nearly as upset as I was in standing in line. Was he trying to uh, 
carry on a jet ski or did he have that in uh his uh, uh he, was he, he checking left, it he left he left that with his uh his his gronkowski like brother <laughs> in uh in south carolina but i was impressed that he wasn't pulling the you know don't you know who i am like you know at, at murphy's he just cuts the line yeah so with this customer service line i'm surprised he didn't just do that out of habit yeah you know so i thought that was impressive that he uh was you know not pulling the don't you know who i am card yeah, um, I, I wish I wish his brother was coming to Oklahoma State. We need a line of brothers. Like, um, well, I guess I guess Oklahoma State had the Woods, but you know, like like Kansas State has had, and um, like the, the grad, Lockets, yeah. yeah, the Lockets, and and the Shipleys at Tech. We need we need just a line of Rudolphs to come through the the Oklahoma State well, football program. I mean, his brother is a tight end, and the the Gronkowski comparison I think is pretty apt. I think those two probably like do the flying chest bumps in midair. <laughs> I can only imagine how hard they broke up. So it, it, it would have been nice, but you can't blame the guy for going to Clemson. No, no, not at all. By the way, uh, Kendrick Marshall of the Tulsa world, uh, he had a tweet that said the Oklahoma state in dugout mascot is called Mufasa. So they had a, they had a, a Mufasa. Lion? It looks like a, it, it, yeah, yeah. It's a lion. Okay. I they think got all the animals, Kingdom living in the dugout. <laughs> uh, okay, so since we've missed, um, since we've missed so much time, Carson, I kind of wanted to just like I've got the the homepage pulled up at PFB, just kind of roll through all the stuff that we've missed over the last week and just hit on each topic uh, really quickly. Uh, does that Rap- sound good? Rapid fire. Yeah, let's, let's just go. let's just rapid fire. First thing is Oklahoma State losing out uh, in the first round of the match play at the NCAA golf championships and OU going on to beat Oregon for the national title. Just what, what were your thoughts on that? It's not great, right? You know, I think uh, we, we, we can all agree the match play has cost Oklahoma state dearly when it comes to the national championship. And it, mm-hmm. it did again. I mean, I believe on the, our last podcast, it was lost in the ether. You said that OSU had like five of the top 65. Yeah. Five of the top. Had- yeah. They don't even get out of the first round. So it's just a, another case the match play costed them. And I was really impressed with Oklahoma, man. They they hit some big-time shots and beat a really good Oregon team. So it's just another disappointing year for Oklahoma State. I mean, you can, you can keep doing well in the stroke play, but it really doesn't matter unless you win match play. Yeah. You know, it's it's crazy to think about they haven't won at all since, I think, 2006. They've been to the match play the second most times of anybody. It was implemented in 2009. They've been five times. So you got to be in the top eight after after four rounds of stroke play to get to the match play. They've been in the top eight five times, and they haven't won it yet. Illinois has been in the top eight six times, and they haven't won it yet. So I, I think I think it it's kind of difficult for teams that are really good in the stroke play because you get that number one or number two seed based on where you finish – and then you feel a lot of pressure in the match play, and you know something doesn't go your way, kind of gets in your head a little bit. I still go back to the 2011 team that had, I mean, the the, the five guys that they had: uh, Peter Uline, Kevin Tway, Morgan Hoffman. All those guys are playing on the PGA Tour or European Tour. Oh my! Sean Einhouse is on the Challenge Tour, which is kind of the minor leagues of Europe, and Taylor Gooch is on the Web.com Tour and just qualified for the U.S. Open. <laughs> and loaded and absolutely that t- loaded and that team lost in the semis at at, at their home course at Karsten Creek that there should be a 30 for 30 about them not getting to the finals and that I mean obviously that's the the tournament that Patrick Reed just burned Stillwater to the ground and you know just 
had his way with the entire city. He beat Peter Yuan seven and six, I think it was. But it's just sort of that that year kind of highlights OSU's issues that they've had in, in match play. I covered it that year uh, in Stillwater, and I think there's a Peter uh, Peter a Patrick Reed statue on the. Uh, what hole would that be if he wins seven and six? <laughs> it was like the eleventh hole. <laughs> I think there's a statue of Patrick Reed on the eleventh hole for what he did to Peter Uhlein. But but no, that team was absolutely loaded, and it, that's when I just I I still don't fathom Mike Holder firing Mike McGraw. I mean, he, look at that team he assembled. And he would have won a national championship if not for the match play that Mike Holder decided or helped, you know, helped the NCAA kind of gear towards. Because it it is fantastic. I will say this. The match play is awesome to watch on TV. It's great for college golf. But I don't think it necessarily elects the true best golf team. Yeah, it's true, and 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 the problem is you, you look at like a Ryder Cup or a Presidents Cup. You're playing you're playing match play, but you're playing it out over the course of uh, 28 matches, 30 matches, whatever. You got five matches with with college kids involved. Anything can happen, you know. And so it, it's different than I mean, if if you play like a let's say like a six round stroke play tournament, Oklahoma State wins that tournament in 2011 by 20 strokes. You know, they've got yeah. they've got five of probably the 30 best guys there. I mean, it was, a, it was a joke and maybe two or three of the best. Um, but yeah, in match play, um, it just, it can get sideways. I, I do want to talk about, uh, let's get to this week's uniform review brought to you by Chris's university spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on campus corner and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Uh, Carson, we need to talk about the college golf, um, uniform game because it is, uh, it is not good. Now we know why Nike had to like sell their clubs and stop making clubs because they're <laughs> they, they've they've lost all of their mind with these uniforms that they had with college golf. Like they need to go back to the drawing board with that as well. I mean, what was first of all the Oklahoma <laughs> giant stripe or gray? Like stop, well stop trying to make gray a thing. It just it's not a thing. It doesn't look good. Only Georgetown should be allowed to wear gray. And then it has this massive horizontal stripe. It looked like the old bugle boy long sleeve shirts that you and I probably <laughs> were wearing in like 1995. And then they have the numbers on the sleeves, which I just, I still don't understand. Explain it to me. I guess they have like jersey numbers, like a cool like basketball team, because Brad Dalkey had like number 33 on his sleeve randomly. It was just, it was bizarre and a terrible look. And, and it was Nike. Like I expect these sort of things out of like Adidas, but man, it was it was ugly. How great would it be if you had to put like your your uh, amateur world golf ranking on your sleeve? Tiger would have like uh, one ninety if he was on the PGA Tour. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's ranked eight ninety nine right now, I think. Yeah, he would have eight ninety nine on his sleeve, but no, that'd be good. Uh, you'd have what was you line D one or two? Yeah, he was. I, I think he got to number one when. Uh, he won the amateur. Yeah, he won the U.S. amateur, but yeah, I, I think he did get to number one. The list of yeah, guys that, that was that was ugly, but and also the the Oregon uniforms, the the Nike polos they do now that aren't polos, they're just kind of like they're like t-shirts. They're like well, they're just like Euro mock polos that like <laughs> don't fit, and you would get your butt kicked if you wore that at like the local course. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, like it's you, not, you would get made fun of on the tee box. Well, and and, one of those and Oklahoma State wore the swinging Pete with the collar, so they were sort of a 
uh, I don't want to say a throwback, but they were just more traditional. But I sent you these. They had some some of those. They're called blade collar Nike polo or shirts drawn up, and they were not good. They had the the same ones the o, OU was wearing, the yeah. big stripe in the middle, right? And it had this had this slanted O that is still in circulation for some reason, even though OSU doesn't wear it. Well, it's I, not an official logo. And I think that's why they didn't wear them, because Ni- I think Nike just printed Screwed these. Screwed up? Yeah, I think so, honestly. How embarrassing uh, is that? Yeah, it, well, I mean, it's no more embarrassing than the... Logo know. itself? Well, <laughs> the, the, the shirts themselves? Yeah, than what OU <laughs> wore to, to celebrate its national title. Well, so I, I put the slanted O alongside the flaming uh, brand. Oh, my just, gosh. Just burn it. Drag drag it into your recycle bin on your laptop, Nike, and just say we're not using it anymore. Yeah, let's Stop. let's start over. Um, did you see Cal went to Under Armour? By the way, I did see that. Uh, you're you're still scared of Weiberg and all things Under Armour. But uh, yeah. one, one last note on uh, the golf, Kyle. The one number one seed hasn't won uh, the match play yet. Right. That's further proof. And also, you mentioned how she would have been like twenty strokes. That's how they won eight national titles. Yep. So I still don't know. No, they've won. They've won ten. They've won ten. They've won ten. They're oh, going... Holder, Holder won eight. I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, no, La- Labor and Labor and Harris got a couple. Yeah, I still can't get over that. Mike Holder talked about Labor and Harris at Brad Underwood's press conference. That was that, that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> <laughs> at the very start, Brad Underwood was like, "Is this guy talking about the golf coach from the fifties? Get me, he's got to get me out of here." <laughs> Oh, so good. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not as scared of the Under Armour thing, or I'm becoming less scared. The more stuff I see from from Nike, like I saw at the golf, yeah, yeah. at the golf shoot, yeah. I do like I do like the golf shoes that Nike makes. Those are, those are pretty sweet that everybody yeah. wearing. I just uh, got some some Spieth Under Armours though. They're not bad. Yeah, you, you you've kind of been like I don't know why you're so afraid of Under Armour. Every time I see you, you're wearing like an Under Armour <laughs> shirt. They fit better. They send you stuff all the time, so well, you're basically like an Under Armour employee. And because I don't look like I'm Norwegian with my my <laughs> my, my blade collar, you don't look like Alex Norin walking around with your <laughs> your Jason Day medium. Okay, uh, let's move on. I put out a poll last week. Who's your favorite OSU coach right now? Are you surprised that Mike Gundy took 67 percent of that vote? How did he not get 107 percent of the vote? <laughs> is my question. Um, <laughs> Whose approval rating could be higher than his? I mean, John Smith hasn't won a national title in a while. Mike Boynton just got hired. I know Josh Holiday went to Omaha, but we saw the season he had this year. So it's clear runaway for me and, and Mike Gundy. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I uh, Holiday, they're all up there. I mean, I, I mean, Bo- yeah, they're all great. I mean, Boynton, don't know anything about. But. Yeah, Boynton's obviously less accomplished, but I like him so far. I think that I think he's done as I mean you can't judge people by the offseason or, or you can but it's kind of silly but I feel like he's he's done a good job so far and has has promoted the program well um yeah I mean it's it's got to be Gundy uh, although people do get really really angry about the OU thing you know and yeah. like if you put out if I threw that poll question out there the week after Bedlam last year the the numbers would have been wildly different you know and so you might have got, gotten zero votes. <laughs> That's how mad people were. I mean, you and I talked about it that week. Like, it didn't look like he was attempting to win the game. And yeah. so that, that's not beating them is one thing, and that that causes resentment as well because everyone wants to beat OU. But 
when it looks like you're scared to death to even like attempt to win the game, that that was bad. But just think how far he's come, Kyle, since then. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible what like three feet of hair will do for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. OU favored by one in early. I, I can't believe it's June and there's already a line out. But OU's favored by one over Oklahoma State in November. Um, about where you thought it would be? Yeah, that sounds about right, considering what we just talked about. Um, Mike Gunny's beaten him twice in his career. So I, I can't see them favored, even though they're at home. So that, that sounds right to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I just, OU lost a lot. You know, they lost, they lost obviously uh, P. Ryan and Mixon, but they've lost other, I didn't think it was a lot of defensive guys as well. They lost a few, but like uh, Oboe, the guy that just terrorized oh Mason Rudolph and Norman's back. So, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to take some massive step backward on defense. They didn't lose, they didn't lose any superstars, in my opinion. So, um, yeah. I, but I will say, Kyle, I think this year we're going to kind of take a step back and be like, oh my God, they had Samaje Pirine and Joe Mixon in the same backfield, and yeah. they will fill that. I think, I don't think it really dawned on any of us, anyone in the Big Twelve, what they really had at running back, because I think Samaje Pirine might start for the Redskins, and I think Mixon will be electric for Cincinnati. So I think. I think it'll take a while for OU to kind of find a semblance of a running game as opposed to what they've had in the past. So that, that will hurt them initially. But, uh, again, it's OU, and they'll, they'll probably figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, they will. I, I just think that going into the season, it feels like Oklahoma State has a better just overall team. But, again, like if, you, if you're getting hammered like you have it, you know, in Norman, it, in Stillwater, on Mars, wherever recently, you, you can't be – you can't expect to be the favorite going into the season. Um, okay, let's. Uh, we're gonna come back and we got a couple more things to hit, but let's hear one more uh, one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986, and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise, and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, uh, a couple more things here. Big 12 distributed $35 million to its schools um, for the 2016-17 school year. Do you have... Is that encouraging to you? How encouraging is that to you for, for the future of the Big 12? Well, it helps. I, I still don't like the number of teams they have in the league, and it, it just doesn't seem like there's anyone they can add. So having a championship game when you already play around Robin just seems like a, an avenue to get left out of the playoff. But I did love this quote from Bob Stoops. Uh, he was asked, you know, should the, <laughs> this is from an article that Barry Trammell had, you know, does it, does the Big 12 look like uh, the Berlin, Berlin Wall about to come crumbling down? He said, I think if you look at it money-wise, we have it really good, don't we? That just came out. Bowl game-wise, we did really well this year. We're talking this year. We did our share against the SEC by beating Auburn. Kansas State beat Texas A&M. Who am I missing? Oh, yeah, Oklahoma State obliterated the runner-up in the Pac-12 championship game, Colorado. <laughs> so we've represented well, and we make a lot of money, apparently. I don't know what the problem is. So that's a very rational way of looking at where the uh 
Big 12 is. I know everyone wants to say doom and gloom, look at the NFL draft, there's no prospects, but the Big 12, it looks financially is not that far below now the SEC, and they did what I wanted to see them do, it's just win games, like prove yourself on the field. They did that this past bowl season. Hopefully they can do it again, because I've always said the Big 12 is not as bad as everyone thinks, but it's been harder and harder for me to argue that point, but this bowl season certainly helped. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you look at the numbers and it, it, the Big 12 reports a year ahead. So they love to like tout these numbers against the other conferences. And it's like, well, let's let the Big 10 and SEC report their numbers for 2016 17 and not 2015 and 16. But the 35 million is right there with, with the Big 10's number from last year. Um, it was 34 mil, I believe. SEC last year was 41 or 40, something like that. The difference is that those conferences own their or their their teams third third tier rights are tied up in conference networks. So the SEC that forty mil like that's all teams are, are getting um, now in the Big Twelve. Every team uh, retains their third tier rights. Now some people wonder what third tier rights is. It's it's baseball games. It's one football game a year. It's some basketball games. Different things like that that you can then distribute. Um, if you're in the SEC, it goes to the SEC network. If you're Oklahoma State, it goes to like Fox Sports Oklahoma or whoever, uh, and you can distribute those for money. Now, if you're Texas, you get to tack on 15 mil to that 35 mil because the Longhorn network is essentially just your third tier rights. Now, if you're if you're OU or Oklahoma State or Kansas, that's a little bit different. I think uh, Brett McMurphy reported that OU is making about 40 mil. Uh, including their third-tier rights. So they're right there with like an SEC number from last year. Oklahoma State is a little bit, uh, I think, lower than that. But uh, it is, you know, I I think the Big 12 is fine. Like, I, I guess I just don't know, like, what the impetus is going to be for, like, b- busting up the Big 12 and moving on uh, into this new era other than potentially the forthcoming um, uh, TV rights deal in, in 2024. Yeah, I think that's when it'll really come to an head. But yeah, I, I, more and more, I'm thinking nothing will happen until then. Yeah. And I and I am interested, you know, the way these people are, you know, cutting the cord and whatnot, and the way these subscriptions are working with ESPN, and just will these TV deals that you know the Big Ten has and the SEC has, will when the Big 12's rights come up, I just I wonder how all that will be affected and how both conferences will be affected by that besides the big 12 that that'll be fascinating moving forward as well but but yeah i mean oklahoma state as much as they've won and you know they're top 10 wins since 2010 or whatever that stat is and they just they don't make as much money as an oklahoma or a texas so that's why you get this ludicrous schedule that they're playing this year where they have to play tulsa on a thursday on fs1 as if some five-star recruits can be like, oh, my God, I watched Tulsa and Oklahoma State on FS1. Sign me up, Mike Gundy. Take me to Stillwater. <laughs> that ain't happening. You know, FS1 does not do nearly the rating that ESPN does. And then they're playing South Alabama, first and foremost. That's ridiculous. Secondly, it's on the road. Thirdly, now it's on a Friday night. So just the, this Mickey Mouse schedule that OSU's playing is, is due in part because they don't make as much money, and they're getting paid by these networks. So uh, as much as I hate it for the fans and the – you know, the Chris's University Spirits of the World in Stillwater. Nice plug. That's why uh, Mike Holder 
you know, and, and I got any butt heads on this because Mike Holder's trying to pay the bills. So I hate it. Yeah, but you don't get any more or less money from the networks if you're playing. I mean, do you? Like, you, you I think I think the thing there. Well, would would Tulsa be on TV if it wasn't FS1? Like, I'm sure it would, but I don't think they would be getting paid what they're getting paid to be on FS1 on a Thursday. Yeah, that's but, just my guess. I don't. I don't know that for a fact. But I, I think that I think the thing there is like those those networks own like rights to the Big Twelve generally, and then they can kind of just pick the games. I guess I don't. I, I guess I'd, I I've never totally understood like how those games get moved around or whatever. Well, do you think Oklahoma is playing on a Thursday? UTEP. No chance. Well, but that's the whole thing, right? Like OU was so mad the last couple of years about all these eleven thirty a.m. games, and it's like, well, who, like, what's the? I think Barry Trammell might have done a story on this, but it's like, who's who's choosing for OU to play at eleven thirty, and like, why is that happening? You know, like it's not, it's not. Now, I, I do. Well, the th- TV networks pick what time, but to move it from a Saturday to a Thursday, that's a concerted effort by both parties that's not just fs1 going well let's put osu and tulsa on thursday deal with it osu yeah i just don't know that there's more necessarily more money involved now i do think you get into situations where uh you could choose to play florida state in uh in dallas and get paid a lot because that game is is optioned by espn or whatever but and maybe maybe that's like maybe this is like a miniature version of 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 what's happening there. That's what I think. I mean, yeah. I, I don't see any other reason to play Tulsa on a Thursday, besides, well, we'll be on FS1. Like, I think there's some financial incentive as well. Yeah, I, the South Alabama game is the one that kills me. It's like, well, <laughs> what are you t- like? Play South Alabama, fine, but pay them and get them to see, Stillwater. That game specifically. Obviously, OSU has to be getting paid, or why else in the world would they ever do that? Well, or, you know? or they just don't have to to pony up, you know, five hundred thousand to get South Alabama to Stillwater. You can say, well, right. we'll do. So you're making money essentially. Yeah, we'll yeah. do a two for one. You can come to Stillwater twice, but we'll come there first. And it's like, geez, like that's. And 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 to your point, that's the difference between OU and Oklahoma State, right? OU has the money to be able to say, no, we're not going to South Alabama. South Alabama, we can play South Alabama in, in Enid, but we're not going to South Alabama, you know? Yeah. Um, because we'll pay them we'll pay them to come to to uh to Oklahoma. So Yeah, and, and you and I I can go cover the games, you can cover the games from the shed. We'll be fine. <laughs> but I hate I hate it for the fans, I hate it for the yeah. merchandisers. It's just it, there's gonna be five home games in Stillwater on a Saturday. That's that that's just not enough. Not good. Not good. Um, okay, how much money would you have to be paid to get a Baker Mayfield tattoo on your calf? Oh, what's Tiger Woods' net worth? <laughs> Pre seven iron to the face. How about that? Probably even high. Is his net worth higher now than even when it was back then? I don't know. I did a story one time about there. There was this rumor, this story going around about how he was going to become uh, like the sporting world's first $2 billion person. Mm-hmm. Now I think that somebody like LeBron could ultimately surpass him or maybe has surpassed him, but yeah, it's, it's certainly up there. It would need to be that because I would not only would I not be able to work again, I wouldn't be able to go out in public unless I was just, you know, you'd wear absurd, pants, absurd rich person. Yeah. 
even then it's just it's not even worth the and it it looks like uh ben stiller from dodgeball yeah that's not necessarily baker mayfield <laughs> it's fu manchu baker which i still kyle i think is you know people don't like baker mayfield but you, you gotta respect the the fu manchu that he grows just for bedlam because he said there's a new sheriff in town i'm like, you, you can't hate that that's just a great move no i'm in on baker mayfield generally people get so mad at me about this which is fine i don't you don't like big i mean you just you just say that to rile people up you don't really like him i I don't know if i like like him but i i like the football player i like the i like the care like the caricature that he's kind of Uh. built like (laughs) baker mayfields are good for college football right like I, I just, I, I think well, it. Yeah, I went, I went from covering Landry Jones to <laughs> Baker Mayfield. It was like hitting the lottery. Exactly, and that's my point. Like I, I just, I like anything that makes, um, Bedlam or the Big Twelve or or just college football generally more interesting. And he is, he certainly does that, you know. And so, like, do I want to hang out with Baker Mayfield? No, of course not. But I, I like the sort of persona that he embodies. I mean, Mason Rudolph is not short of confidence, but he's very, like, NFL style in his interviews. I would love for him to just come out and just, like, talk trash to Baker Mayfield. I want to, I want to, I want a Big 12 Media Days, somebody asking him about Baker and be like, F that guy. <laughs> yeah. I want the stare down photo. If they go see, go nose to nose and, like, see, like, Mason's, like, three feet. And he just looks on him like like Drago did to Rocky, and just says "you in Stillwater." Maybe we can maybe we can organize that at Big Twelve Media Days. That would be tremendous. They're bros though, don't they go like spring breaking together? Yeah, but they would do it in it out of well, I don't know if Baker would do it, but they could do it in fun. You know, just have some fun with it. Um, yeah. Okay. Des Bryant wants to return punts again. Apparently, Des Bryant listens to the to the Pistols Firing podcast because you were touting him as one of the great punt returners in the history of football last week, two weeks ago. In history, in the history of Oklahoma State football. Well, and I think I am vindicated by the fact he's going to start doing it in the NFL, which. I think he, I think he has before. He might have returned a few in the NFL as well. Let me look up his stats while we're talking. But someone did rightly call us out for uh, not mentioning Barry Sanders first and foremost. Now I, I mentioned him like later on down the line in the discussion. But be honest, Kyle, like that's Hammer Tyreek are number one, aren't they, on the returns? Uh, Barry. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I think. I think Barry. Over Tyreek, but I, I, I would, I would put, I, I think I could be talked into, um, and I can't remember how I ranked them, but Justin Gilbert or Parrish Cox ahead of, of Tyreek. Justin Gilbert and Parrish Cox were unbelievable on, on, uh, kick returns. Just Tyreek Hill beat, they, they lose to Kansas if Tyreek Hill doesn't return that one against and, and OU. And OU. The ball streak uh, is snapped. A, a young Des Bryant in Dallas returned two punts for touchdowns in 2010. Mm. Rookie Des. I'm, I, I'm, I could be wrong about this. I, I'm, yes, yeah. you are. I, that's, that's fine. I'll... I can't wait till he throws up the X after a punt return. <laughs> I can just text you. Uh, headline, Des Bryant throws up X at Pistols firing bog rider. For his, All right. for you got to go. You got to go. But one more story I wanted to throw at you. Uh, you're fellow colleagues at CBS sports did a mock draft and Mason and James Washington were both in like the top 15. Mm. 
That's. I mean, I thought there was a chance Washington go in the first round, and you kind of thought I was crazy a little bit uh, a few months ago. But man, top I mean, top fifteen. He's got a lot of hype already before he's. You know, I think he's going to produce again. Yeah, I do but, too. You know, that's pretty impressive. I just, uh, you know, Ad, uh, a friend of the blog, Adam Want, did a did a really cool uh, James Washington kind of film breakdown today on on PFB. And one of the things he mentioned, he he thinks that he'll measure under six foot at the combine. I agree. I was next to him, and Baker Mayfield's much taller. Than and and I guess my my point there is like the the wide receivers that go in the in the top fifteen picks are are freaks. Like the kid, uh, the fifteenth Mike Williams that has gone in the top ten, the kid from Clemson. Yeah, he's, he's a freak. Like he's like six four, like two thirty or whatever, and he's just a monster. And I just don't know if there's a market for as good as James Washington is for small, um, you know, faster type receivers in the in the top. And that's not to say he's not going to be good in the NFL, but I'm just saying as as getting drafted in the top fifteen. Antonio Brown says hello, although he was like a six-round pick. Exactly. Uh, John Ross, I guess, ran a four, like 140. Yeah, like <laughs> freaks. Uh, Corey Davis went pick five overall to the Titans. He's 6'3". But as they noted on the CBS mock draft, like Washington's deep threat uh, rating and numbers are just, just too off the charts to even uh, – really chart they're just unbelievable and uh i think that that's, <laughs> too, that's a big difference they're too off the charts to chart that's how yeah. off the charts they are <laughs> that's as on off chartable unchartable uh okay 30 seconds uh i put out a poll yesterday this week so this is how long we've been gone been two polls since uh since we last talked who's your favorite oklahoma state pro between marcus smart tony allen ricky fowler and des bryant oh Probably Dez, although Tony Allen's right there. I love uh, Tony. Tony's probably like my favorite. I, I got to go Tony. Yeah. He's, he's about, almost done, and then Dez can take the mantle. But uh, Tony was in college when we were, and uh, you know I interacted with him a little in college, and just he was the lifeblood of that Final Four team. And first team all defense yes. was a great thing. And with the grit, he spawned an entire brand for an NBA team, the grit and grind. Yeah. The grind house, like that's all Tony. Just they should Tony. they should give him equity in the in the Grizz. I mean, he, yeah, that and build the first team all defense statue out front because he's he's an all timer for them. So I gotta go Tony Allen. I'm going Tony Allen too. I I like the other guys. I don't love Smart, but I like Ricky. I like Dez a lot. But I love Tony, and he was more kind of our era. Like he's probably around our age or maybe a little older, whatever. Um, yeah, he's been he was awesome at OSU. He's been not as successful in the NBA, but still a, a you know decade long career, longer than that. And uh, and he's found a real niche and, and made a lot of money and good for him. I'm shocked. I mean, it, it takes a lot for you not to pick Dez because you love Dez more than anyone I've ever met <laughs> in college. And Tony Allen, NBA champion, three-time all-defensive first team, two-time all-defensive second team. Uh, he's had a heck of a career. Kobe Stopper. Kobe Stopper. KD Stopper. He, he gave KD all he that's wanted. Who, that's who uh, Cleveland needs to, to sign in the offseason. <laughs> Put him on Kevin. Yeah. They need something. 
Are the are you the? Didn't Kobe didn't Kobe say that Tony was the hardest cover he had? Yeah, that was that was a great quote. Um, Better than that. Who's it? Warriors sweep. Yeah, it's good. They're unreal. I still I still love KD. I'm not ashamed of that. You like uh, your heroes being gutless? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I love as much as you love tweaking me about uh, about the Rory Ricky thing. I love tweaking you about KD. Well, I mean, it, it, it's just dumb. I mean, to to say that he, like, shouldn't even, like, feel anything when he gets the trophy. I mean, <laughs> to be, like, to go undefeated and sweep LeBron, like, it wasn't even a challenge. Like, there will be no tear shed because there's no struggle because you just hopped on a 73-win bandwagon. When you blew it against four and you joined your rival. So it's just, it's disgusting. <laughs> and I, I thought uh, Michael Rosenberg wrote a great, did you read the open letter? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Like that, that sums it up. Like it's just, it's not interesting. It's just dumb. And this championship will mean a tenth of what it would have meant had he won one, you know, at, at Oklahoma City or just a, anywhere but Golden State or yeah. Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? Oh, just me and Nolan talked about it when I was down there. And, you know, he's kind of on your side of this whole thing. And I was just like, Nolan, like, you understand if he joins Boston, he gets cheers when he comes back. It would not have been the vitriol that he got. Like, it really wouldn't have. Because people like would have understood, okay, he just wanted to, he wanted to leave. He wanted something new. He's been here nine years. Fine. But to join the Warriors was just the ultimate just weak, gutless move. <laughs> I need I need to call Nolan and, and talk to him about this. Apparently, well, I mean, a big part will be happy that Kevin wins rings, and a larger part will know he joined Steph's team. Yeah, just silly. <laughs> okay, Carson. This would, like you, this would be like you joining Sooner Scoop. Oh, that's not happening. <laughs> well, I mean, no one thought Kevin would go to the. Yeah. Maybe you'll join. Uh, uh, what's the equivalent of the Pistols firing blog for OU? Sooner Scoop. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Me, me and Eddie Radosevich. I'll, I'll, I'll join the Eddie Radosevich team. Yeah, Natty's for Patty. You'll crack in natural lights for Patty Gus. <laughs> okay, Carson, we will be back later in this week with a maybe our best guest ever. Is that fair? That's up there for sure. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, you know, we, we finally delivered a guest. So it'll be, it'll be awesome. Yeah, it'll be great. Okay, uh, we will talk to you then. All right. Bye.